0: You get all this for only $9.99 a month, which is a small price to pay for unlimited convenience and savings. My family and I have had DoorDash for the past year or so, and while I make most meals at home, I don't know that I could mom without it. I used it twice, just this past week while we were dealing with a stomach bug at home. And it was so nice to have and to be able to focus on getting better and not running all over town to pick everything up for everyone. Don't wait, sign up for DashPass now and unlock a world of possibilities, all from the comfort of your home.
1: DashPass from DoorDash, delivering joy, convenience, and savings straight to your doorstep. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass, $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Hey, guys, and welcome to Moms and Murder, a true crime podcast featuring myself, Mandy, and my dear friend, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Mandy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing lovely. We don't really have um, a lot of announcements this week, um, but we did want to mention once again about the... Southern... Southeastern true crime podcast meetup thing that um, somehow we got invited to go to. So um, that's going to be in Atlanta, Georgia on October 13th. If you're in our Facebook group or follow us on social social media. That thing. (laughs) You have uh, probably seen the little – thing that we've posted and shared about that. And there's going to be some great podcasts there. The Fall Line, Trace Evidence, uh, Corpus Delicti. Those are the ones that come to mind. The rest of them are awesome too, but um, they're all escaping me (laughs) right this moment. (laughs) It's a Sunday. It's a lazy Sunday, if you will. And I'd like to
0: watch an old lazy Sunday video. Now, have you ever seen that lazy Sunday video? It's from Saturday Night Live. You watch some Saturday Night Live things. But I don't know that. I don't know that one. Oh, sweetly Okay. All
1: right. (laughs) This is tough. We're going to have to watch that after. Okay. Okay. So keep your eyes peeled for more information about the meetup in October. In October. Great. Yeah. So this week
0: we have a case as big as Texas, but as crazy as Florida, which makes sense because our story this week begins in Houston, Texas and ends in Orlando, Florida. Yay. And because we like to separate the story from our fine state, we chose to Google the city out of... Houston, Texas, home of a few of the players in this case. And Mandy, you lived near
1: Houston when you were a kid, right? I lived in Houston. Oh, actually, in Houston. Yes, my dad was actually born in Houston. My sister was born in Houston as well, actually. Um, But his whole side of the family um, is from there. They're huge Texas A&M fans. And um, yeah, I guess Texas would be my original home. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I almost said go back, but then I realized that would come off-road, and then I still said it. So (laughs) I'm just kidding. So a few facts. If you want to throw in any Houston facts, you might know more than I do. I don't. You don't. Okay. (laughs) So Houston is the fourth most populous city in the U.S. and has an estimated 2.312 million people living within its city limits as of 2017. Houston has an underground pedestrian tunnel system. Now, I'd never heard of this. Have you heard of this?
1: It's kind of one of those facts that, like, whenever I read this in your notes, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." But it's not one that you really think of when you think of Houston. Yeah, like you don't think of. Like, yeah, a, it's
0: it's a weird one. I it think it's a weird one. It <laughs> is. It is kind of strange.
1: But yeah, I did know that. But I don't know. And even people that I know that still live in Houston, like I still have family that lives there, and I have never heard anyone talking about using this underground pedestrian tunnel system. Kind of sounds like a scary place to I know. You feel like
0: <laughs> trolls and ninja turtles yeah. that hang out under there, and that's about <laughs> it. So anyway, this pedestrian tunnel system is 20 feet underground and runs more than seven miles. It originally connected two movie theaters together, which I thought was super random. Like, why yeah. do you need to get <laughs> from this movie to that movie so quickly? But it now connects city buildings and restaurants and th- things of that nature. Residents of Houston eat out more than residents of any other city in the country. Which is awesome. I love eating out. It's my favorite thing
1: in the entire world. They have some amazing food in Texas, too. Especially because I love (laughs) Tex-Mex. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that, obviously, in um, Texas and in Houston. So if I lived there, I'd go out to eat for every meal.
0: Yeah. Well, I ended up on, like, a rabbit hole of, like, restaurants and stuff. And I was like, oh, no. No wonder. I would never eat at my house. Yeah. Um, And the last fact is Houston is also home to the Space Center in Houston. Home of the infamous uh, line, Houston, we have a problem. And today, Mandy, we have a problem. We sure do. <laughs> and it's this hot mess of a story.
1: <laughs> so Lisa Nowak was born on May tenth, 1963 in Washington, D.C. to her parents, Alfredo and Jane Caputo. Lisa was a very bright child who graduated from C.W. Woodward High School in Rockville, Maryland in 1981. She went on to join the U.S. Naval Academy. And in 1985, she graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in aerospace engineering. Very difficult um, degree, I would say. to get. Yeah, I can't even say it. I actually dated a guy for a brief period of time when I lived over in Daytona, and he went to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical yeah, yeah. University, and he was going for aerospace engineering. And um, You could have married an astronaut, Mandy. <laughs> I might. I, I mean, isn't that crazy? I think he works for like Boeing now and like makes a lot of money. He's married, but um, I'm actually glad that relationship didn't work out. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, good, because now you're
0: married with two children, so it yeah. would stink if you... <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Confess that here. By 1992, Lisa had a Master of Science degree in aeronautical engineering and a degree of aeronautical and astronautical engineering from the U.S. Naval postgraduate. To put it in layman's terms, Lisa really, really, really wanted to be an astronaut. (laughs) Americans have always held our astronauts in
0: high regard. After all, becoming an astronaut is no small feat. Back in 1959, the military was in charge of selecting the first astronauts that went into space. They needed to have flight experience in a jet aircraft, and they also needed a background in engineering. Lastly, they needed to be shorter than eleven so they could fit inside the Mercury spacecraft. This was an especially difficult requirement for me to hear. So now it turns out I can't be a jockey, a race car driver, or an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I wasn't bright enough to do any of them. By 1964, NASA began looking to require astronauts to first become scientists. um, And so they added that to their process and adjusted it. And there's several adjustments they've made along the way. As of 2016, the process now is as follows. And if this is a little bit boring... I apologize, but I kind of wanted to give you guys a background on all that they had to go through to get to this point to become astronauts. You can't just say I want to be an astronaut. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> turns out that is, and like every kid wants to be an astronaut at right. some point. That's the interesting thing. Yeah. Like you want to be like, sorry, kid, actually, that's never going to happen for you. Right. <laughs> burn your dreams quickly. So the first requirement is that you must be a U.S. citizen to get into NASA's training program. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, like, why? I mean, but if it's part of NASA, it's I mean, like American. Thing. But you could, I mean, yeah. But you become a U.S. citizen. It doesn't. It's not like when you're president, you have to be born here. Right? You can become That's true. a U.S. citizen. Yeah. The second is that you must have a bachelor's degree in engineering, biological science, physical science, computer science, or mathematics. None of which I'm on board with. Uh, thirdly, you must have at least three years of related professional experience obtained after degree completion, or at least 1,000 hours of pilot in command time on a jet aircraft which is why a lot of astronauts have a background in the Air Force or another branch of the military, allowing them extensive flight hours. And lastly, you must have the ability to pass the NASA long-duration astronaut physical, which includes having a resting blood pressure of no more than 140 over 90, and your eyesight must be correctable to being 20-20 with glasses. This reminded me of the presidential fitness challenge
1: that we had to take when we were kids, but, like, a lot harder. (laughs) (laughs) From there, NASA's Astronaut Selection Board reviews the application. In 2016, there were 18,300 applicants. That is a lot of applicants. Right. And these people are – these are people who wanted to do this their (laughs) whole lives too. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so they review the qualifications of each candidate, um, which I'm sure is a very lengthy process, especially when you have that many. Right. Of the more than 18,000 in 2016, the board invites about 120 of those to NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston for interviews. That is not uh, not no. a lot are getting through there. Um, so of that group, about half are invited for a second round. And after you've been selected, you have to complete a two-year training period before you can even be considered for a space mission. Included in this two-year training period, candidates must be able to complete a military water survival. They also need to become scuba qualified just to prepare for spacewalk training. I guess that is kind of one of the things they do Like um, when you're practicing for being in space. They put you... It's like scuba diving, I guess, is the closest thing they can... Do to replicate it? Yeah. Yeah. And the pressure, the different changes your body is going to go through. I already wouldn't make it because, honestly... I'm terrified of, of scuba diving and scuba equipment, and I would be out just for that reason. I, I wouldn't be able to pass the like, training. I could never scuba
0: dive into like a tunnel or, or not tunnel. the cave? Caves, yeah. <laughs> but um,
1: I scuba dove whenever I was a kid in my uncle's pool, and I loved it. I thought it was cool. Candidates must also swim the length of a 25-meter pool without stopping and also swim the distance while wearing all of their flight suit and tennis shoes with no time limit on that they can take their time yeah well apparently (laughs) well it's not like they're gonna well I guess in space there
0: probably are time can you imagine
1: trying to swim uh, in a pool with a space suit on no
0: (laughs) I'd like to see video of that though that has to be very difficult and hilarious
1: yeah we say all this to say that in order to be an astronaut you have to be a really good egg and not a very tall egg, unfortunately, Sorry. Melissa. <laughs> Back in 2006, shortly before our story takes place, Lisa was married to her husband of 19 years, Rich Nowak, who was a flight controller in mission control for the International Space Station. I don't understand what any of these if titles I'm are.
0: If I am 100% honest, I don't know what the International Space Station does. <laughs>
1: I've never quite understood it. I was
0: like, whoa, people control that? That's amazing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rich and Lisa were the parents of three children a son who was 15 at the time, and twin daughters who were just five. Just a few years prior, on February 1st, 2003, Lisa's best friend, Laurel Clark, was on the space shuttle Columbia, which crashed when re entering the Earth's atmosphere. Lisa also lost two other classmates in the explosion that day. This shuttle explosion was very different from the space shuttle Challenger, which exploded when taking off back on January 28, 1986. But the pain the nation and especially fellow astronauts felt was the same. Lisa took the news of her best friend's death especially hard and made it her mission to take care of her friend's child as much as she could. And friends uh, pointed to this being kind of a turning point in Lisa's life.
0: Lisa took her one flight mission from July 4th, to July 17th of 2006. This was a test mission and assembly flight to the International Space Station, which apparently is a location you go to. Uh, (laughs) During this time, she and the flight crew of Space Shuttle Discovery tested new equipment and repaired a rail car on the International Space Station. Lisa also operated the remote arm during scheduled EVAs, and she and the other ladies on Space Shuttle Discovery affectionately referred to themselves as the Robochicks due to their work on the remote arm. This would be Lisa's only mission as an astronaut, as the incident we are discussing today took place just seven months later. This left many wondering if the space program may have failed to pick up on issues Lisa was having back in July that may have led to her crimes just a
1: few months later. In 2006, Lisa met and began an affair with another astronaut named William Opheline, who goes by the self-given nickname billy O'Fly. i can't with that should you give yourself a nickname yeah
0: i yeah i know that's anytime somebody gives themselves a nickname i'm like okay but who calls you that right. just you
1: <laughs> that's just what it you doesn't want, count that's what you hope for I yeah guess. <laughs> but yeah that's a strange one they met at a training center in canada and kept their affair tight-lipped as they could both get into major trouble by having an affair and being both in the military and being astronauts i guess uh they
0: have a very high uh, code Affairs of Affairs are out of the question
1: when you're an astronaut. Yeah, I know. it's
0: Well, it's like a really big deal because, you know, they. I think part of it was how it's presented to the country well, and people. And so that's like way, way, no, no.
1: Right. So a little background on Billy Fly. He was born on March 29th, 1965 in Fort Belvoir, Virginia, and grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. Unlike Lisa, he never intended to become an astronaut. He really loved the idea of flying and was good at science and math and felt that later on he could make a great astronaut. And he was right. He earned his bachelor's in electrical engineering and graduated from Oregon State University in 1988. That same year, he also earned a master's in aviation system from the University of Tennessee Space Institute. Billy was also a commander in the U.S. Navy. Overachiever.
0: Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) Billy states that his relationship with Lisa was mostly casual. She later said that their relationship was quote more than a working relationship but less than a romantic relationship. Complicated it is. Yeah, <laughs> on Facebook they should have marked it's complicated. <laughs> so Bill did not seem as into Lisa as she was into him. Um, what's that book called? he's just not that into you yeah somebody should have handed over that one (laughs) would have really helped things and by late in december of 2006 billy meets a 29 year old air force captain named colleen shipman at a house party in orlando he introduced himself and told her that he was a smoke jumper which i had to look up um that's a (laughs) firefighter who parachutes into areas with wildfires to help fight the fires wow very cool job yeah um and while that is an incredible job um shouldn't your line be if you're an astronaut hi i'm billy and i'm an astronaut <laughs> like, like you order your starbucks everything's billy the astronaut back whenever we did collect calls hi this is billy the astronaut i would legally change my name to melissa the astronaut if i did all this crap and became a, an astronaut, an astronaut. Yeah. yeah
1: like why would you make up a new what is better than being you an astronaut them, for yeah sure yeah oh my gosh <laughs> So Billy realized that he really liked Colleen and decided to break things off with Lisa the second week of January. It was around this time that Lisa and her husband of 19 years had also separated. Bill said that Lisa was receptive to the breakup and he did not think there was any issues that were going to come about from uh, them separating. And he told Colleen that there had been a woman in the office that he was seeing but that it was over now and he did not make a big deal out of it. While Lisa seemed to take the news of Bill's new girlfriend pretty well, she and Bill continued to work out together and complete astronaut training together, which it's always a sticky situation.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, it, but that's a very small world and small community. Right. So for them, they're not going to be able to avoid each other. Right.
1: Completely. But I feel like you didn't have to still work out together. Yeah. So they both considered the other one to be their best friend. Nothing really seemed to be amiss um, to Bill in January, but just weeks later, things would change for all three of them.
0: On February 5th, 2007, Colleen Shipman was flying to Orlando to be with Bill. She had a late flight and arrived at a little past 1 a.m. She grabbed her luggage and quickly made her way to the parking lot. She realized very quickly that someone was falling closely behind her, and she began to pick up her pace as a woman with dark hair, sunglasses at 1 a.m., and a trench coat did the same. By the time she reached her car door, she quickly got in and slammed the door. The woman began hitting the door and begging for Colleen to help her. And Colleen at this point thinks this person needs help and they're just frantic. So she's trying to tell this person, hey, you know, I'll help you. And the lady's trying to open her door and she's saying, you know, I'll I'll call. Like the lady was saying to Colleen, let me let me use your phone. Let me use your phone. She's like, I'll call for help for you. And so Colleen just moves her window down just a couple inches to tell the lady, I'll, I'll make the phone call. And that's when she was struck in the face with pepper spray. Not struck in the face, sprayed in the face. I with. feel like it would feel like you were yeah, struck in the face. Yeah. She had no idea. You know, obviously you're very disoriented if something like that happens. And That's like a fight or flight situation. Oh, for for sure. sure. Yeah. And so Colleen immediately throws her car into reverse and she fled through the parking garage.
1: Colleen quickly found a parking lot attendant and told them what had just happened to her. The parking attendant called the police who showed up to see Lisa Nowak throwing away a bag with a wig and a BB gun inside. Nowak was quickly placed under arrest and brought inside the airport jail. Which I didn't even know existed at Honestly, Orlando International Airport. I know. I was like, <laughs> what is this?
0: And I looked it up like it's definitely a thing and I guess it's just a holding place. And it makes sense that they have that maybe with customs and everything going on.
1: Yeah. But it's still – whenever I read airport jail, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, I guess it does make sense though, especially if you think – I mean, and it's – Orlando International is a very big airport. And I do now like that, that we're talking about, it, I do recall going – like walking around the airport and they do have like – an Orlando police department, like a whole little area oh. in there. Like um, it's like their headquarters inside of the right. airport. So I guess that kind of makes sense. It does. But it it did throw me off that I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're in an airport jail now. That seems like you could pay $200 pass
0: go. And, right. You know, yeah. On
1: <laughs> Definitely. While police were trying to figure out exactly what was going on, they quickly realized who was with them. Esteemed astronaut Lisa Nowak of Houston, Texas. When Colleen showed up to speak to the police that night, she said she had no idea who the lady was that had pepper sprayed her and assumed that it was just someone who was trying to rob her. She happened to see an astronaut badge lying on an officer's desk, and at this point, instead of thinking that an astronaut had attacked her, she thought maybe someone had also stolen an ID badge from an astronaut, which would have made more logical sense. So I can see how she got, how she would think that. And she would
0: recognize an astronaut badge, but still be like, no, that can't be it. An astronaut
1: would not do this to me. Right. Exactly. Crazy. And we will be right back to the story after we tell you guys a little bit about this week's sponsor. Um, This is actually the same sponsor that we talked about in our last episode, Songfinch. And uh, we played a little clip of the song that they created for us and then we also played the full thing at the end we hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did yeah Um, we are just so in love with the whole song and just absolutely love it so we're really excited about song finch and um, before we tell you a little bit more about them we're just going to play another quick little clip from our personalized song
2: friends for a few years since that first playgroup date. of how much you love your chickens. I run around your zoo all day. Drink my Diet Coke, wear my sweaters, no matter how hot it is. But hey, you stand by me
0: So that was a clip of our little personalized song called Partner in Crime um, which we love so much and Songfinch made it so easy for us to create that song answering just a few basic questions answering you know a little a few tidbits about Diet Coke and chickens and all those silly things and they were able to create a special song just for us. If you're interested in having a personalized song created for you or a loved one visit songfinch.com and use offer code MOMS20 for $20 off your personalized song from scratch. That's songfinch.com using offer code MOMS20 for $20 off your personalized song from scratch and stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear the song in its entirety. Police learned that Lisa had taken quite a drive to confront her romantic rival. She had just driven over 800 miles from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida. While police went through Lisa's BMW, they found several things of interest. They found inside her car a knife, pepper spray, latex gloves, and rubber tubing as well as the uh, wig and BB gun they'd already found in What's the garbage. What's rubber tubing for? Honestly, didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure that out and was hoping you wouldn't ask. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> while her attorney later disputed this next fact, police said that they found both new and used diapers in the car, and they claimed that Lisa said she had used them while driving so she would not have to stop at any rest areas on the drive. What? So, <laughs> yeah, so so she – the Police officers claim that she said, yeah, those are mine. I used those while I was driving, so I didn't have to make any stops. But her attorneys later, like, had receipts saying she stayed overnight somewhere on the way. So
1: why would she have done, like, if you can stop to sleep, you can stop to pee. That's kind of how I took it. (laughs) Um. But also, why are they spending so much time trying to, like... Figure out if, if she used the diapers or not. I don't yeah. really understand. I mean,
0: <laughs> I think just kind of proving like motive, of, state of mind. Like she was determined to get here to see Colleen. When she got off the plane, right. she was not going to let anything ping. stop her. I still think my idea for the casual catheter would have come in. <laughs> come in for play for this. You if need somebody, to trademark that idea. I know, if somebody steals, them, <laughs> I'm going to be so upset. So, um, if you didn't know this already, astronauts use diapers in space when they're leaving and re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. So that's also why it didn't seem so crazy that she would have had these diapers and that that would be something she would go to because that's something that they did. This is also what like sensationalized this case, though. This is why if you've heard of this case, you know about the astronaut and the diapers. Really, that's like how it
1: was portrayed right. in the news really there's, there's no mistaking this case for a different one <laughs> no yeah
0: so um whenever i told mandy about this one i'm like do you remember the astronaut in the diapers that <laughs> drove florida <laughs> so police never actually photographed these diapers and lisa's attorney would later say that those were toddler-sized diapers that lisa had in her trunk from years ago and belonged to her small children so without having all this you know pictures and stuff it's what does it Hearsay, uh, you know? Yeah, hey. Yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, that was a very interesting part of this case. Right. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, <laughs> the most interesting. Are you ready to revolutionize the way you enjoy food and essentials at home?
1: Sign up for DashPass today, only on DoorDash, and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Another interesting thing found in Lisa's car were several emails that had been printed out that were between Colleen and Bill. Lisa claimed that she logged onto Bill's email at his office to print these emails, but there were also pages found in her car that had been pulled from a notebook that was from Bill's house. Police believe that Lisa used the key she had to Bill's apartment to go in and use his home computer to print off these emails. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from these emails, um, but don't blame me if it makes you squirm. Yeah. One email was from Colleen to Bill while he was on spatial discovery in December, and it said, quote, we'll have to control myself when I see you. First urge will be to rip your clothes off. Maybe she thought he was on fire because he was doing the parachute fireman <laughs> thing. Uh, he never received the email because his email link had been turned off.
0: Yeah. So this is what's kind of interesting. According to NASA spokesperson James Harsfield, when astronauts are in orbit, they give the agency the names of people they want to receive emails from in orbit. So it's set up so that they can get as much privacy as possible. So if Colleen sent that to him, it's not so bizarre that it would be like more explicit because they know it's going right to him nobody's seeing it on the way right so i kind of gathered from this that with lisa's knowledge of of knowing that you can have these special email links between people that she may have gone in to his email or like whatever the program is she's already broken into his house allegedly and um And turned off the link from anything Colleen was sending. So it's weird that that's one of the people he could talk to and wanted to talk to, and he never actually got that email. But she brought that email, which means she saw that email.
1: Right. Oh, Detective Melissa on the
0: case. (laughs) (laughs) All of this is allegedly, and I may have made up some of that in my head. (laughs) So there was another email from Bill to Colleen that was found in Lisa's car. This one said... Oh, gosh, this is gross, too. Quote, you must really have me around your little finger that I can't even function without you here. And with you here, I am slightly smarter than a slug. What does that even mean? (laughs) Well, it means, like, you did a lot of schooling to be this dumb here, buddy, maybe.
1: (laughs) But you get the idea. Lots of mushy, icky crap like this. I guess you don't exchange um, love emails with your husband? No. (laughs) We've been married for a long time. It's way past that. (laughs) One last email that was found in Lisa's car was from Lisa to Bill's mother. In it, she said she was finally, quote, uh, finally getting divorced and that she loved and adored Bill and looked forward to getting to know his mother even better. Police also found Colleen's flight itinerary in Lisa's car, which was something else that she had to have taken directly from Bill's computer. Lisa's initial charge was for attempted kidnapping. The charge of attempted murder was added on, but she was still released on $25,500 bail in order to wear an ankle monitor while she awaited trial. NASA sent two astronauts from Houston to escort Lisa back to her home. The DA's office knew that they had a lot of work ahead of them in order to convict Lisa Nowak of attempted murder and attempted kidnapping. While she did have a BB gun with her, based on her words and the evidence in her car, including the emails, they felt they would not be able to prove that she actually um, did intend to murder so that's kind of rough. Yeah, I mean, it was a BB gun. Yeah. I mean, she did have a knife, but it did
0: seem more like
1: that was all probably
0: to intimidate her, to make her talk to her. Yeah. That's what I would, if I was a juror,
1: that's what, I could believe that. Yeah. So Lisa stuck to the story that she planned to confront Colleen about her relationship with Bill and nothing more, nothing less. She wasn't planning on killing her. She just was very they angry. To talk, yeah. And, yeah, and they wanted, she wanted to, uh sorted out at 1 a.m. in the airport parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was um, never really able to explain why she felt the need to bring all this, like, disguise and stuff with her.
0: One thing that I read that was kind of interesting, Colleen said during this time, you know, she's being escorted back with these astronauts. And Colleen is, you know, saying, I'm a victim here. And there's, like, fundraisers in Houston for Lisa's defense and stuff. And Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah, and so she was just kind of, like, Wow. You know, she's like, it was so sensationalized and stuff. And with her being an astronaut, she felt like she really was a victim, but nobody ever even really looked at her as one.
1: Right. That's, yeah, that's it's sad. pretty awful.
0: Yeah. The charges Nowak faced, including kidnapping and attempted murder, meant she could have faced life in prison. But because she had no criminal history and did hold a position of high esteem in the astronaut community, she was offered and took a plea deal and pled guilty to lesser charges of felony burglary and misdemeanor battery. On November 10th, 2009, Judge Mark Lubay of Orange County accepted Lisa's plea deal and decided to sentence Lisa to no jail time. He also stated that she must perform 50 hours of community service and was allowed or was told there would be no contact with Colleen Shipman.
1: I'm surprised that she didn't get any time, though, because y- you still assaulted someone. Yeah. And scared the crap out of this poor woman. Oh, my gosh. And I would be furious if someone did that to me and then didn't even have to, like, do anything. Yeah. 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 So one
0: thing I found really interesting was that the judge said that she needed to write, quote, a sincere letter of apology, not one of these vanilla things that I see from other defendants. It's been almost three years since the event took place. It caused this nightmare for Miss Shipman, and you are 100% responsible. Lisa gave her apology in court, and the judge made her face Colleen during it. Like, he actually interrupted her when she was saying it, was like, no, you need to look at her and say it like you do with your children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Colleen really accepted the apology but said it didn't fear, feel sincere and she kind of wished she had never even done it because it just felt very forced. Right. And I don't blame her. Um, Nowak was also ordered to attend an eight-hour anger management course within 30 days of sentencing. After Nowak ended up telling the judge she had, you know, and proved that she had done this counseling um, for the past year and a half, he decided not to order more counseling.
1: For her part, Colleen uh, did make peace with the whole scenario uh, and with Lisa Nowak, but she stated in court that after that day in the parking garage, her entire life changed, which, of course, yeah, yeah I would never look at parking lots or cars, or anything the same again, I feel or like. astronauts. Or astronauts, yeah. She um, thought she was going to die the, on the day of the attack, and she had no idea once um, she was blinded with the pepper spray if there was a gun to her head or what was even going to happen next. That would be absolutely horrifying.
0: Yeah. It doesn't matter what
1: ends up happening. Right. In that moment. In your head. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So she also said that she was devastated to find out that the person who had injured her was not just a random person, but by a woman in arms. The judge also said during sentencing that Lisa's Navy career was likely over. I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> judge Lu Bay said, quote, you brought this on yourself and I don't have any sympathy for you in that respect. So I feel like his words
0: were pretty hardcore, but I feel like his sentencing was like meh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. He's yeah. Like-, like his his like words were the punishment. Yeah, (laughs) which is it doesn't work for my kids either. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Since the attack, Lisa, Bill, and Colleen have all tried to move on. Lisa is divorced from her husband and living in Texas, working in the private sector. She has done her best to stay out of the headlines since then. And Bill and Colleen married in 2010 after he was forced to retire as an astronaut. The two moved to Anchorage, Alaska and had a son and started a business called Adventure Writers, where they are freelance writers and photographers. That's quite a different um, career path. It is. But hey. I know. But I think they want out of all of that. Yeah. I mean, he was forced
0: to retire. He can't even do that. All because of this one situation. And poor Colleen had nothing to do with it. Right.
1: So Colleen, um, she has said that writing has actually been a very cathartic experience for her in her healing process. While the three
0: individuals in the story have stayed out of the spotlight, the news of the attack traveled quickly. The story of the "quote sad astronaut," as she was sometimes called, has made its way into pop culture for late night comics. It was in an episode of Thirty Rock. Liz describes driving this long flight, I think, in a diaper, and also she talks to Buzz Aldrin, who was like one of the first people on the moon. Not like he was the second. A he person wasn't on the moon. In, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's a really funny part there um, that I love. He yells. He yells at the moon, and he yells, "I stepped on your face," <laughs> which like seven people can say. <laughs> So um during the time of the story, Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, and others had a field day with the story, and that might be where you actually know the story if you know it at all. And because we love a top 10 list, we've pulled Dave Letterman's top 10 list from the night of February 6th, and that is entitled, Top Ten Signs an Astronaut is Trying to Kill You. <laughs> Number 10, she says, This is a giant leap for mankind as she tosses you off a bridge. Number nine. You turn on CNN and see the Hubble telescope focusing on your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 8, she promises to quote take you out like Pluto, which is now back. I don't think it was back then. It
1: was it was still gone. Yeah, it's a, it's Pluto again. again. Yeah. Yay, yay Pluto, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh, number 7, it sounds crazy but you swear Mars is following you. <laughs> number 6, you were on the Mori episode. I had a booty call and now an astronaut is trying to kill me. <laughs> Number five, her previous attempts to kill you have been postponed due to high winds. Number four, she poisons your tang. Number three, she looks forward to being the first to walk on your lifeless corpse. Number two, be, you've been getting threatening emails from Connie at spacestation.com. And the number one reason uh, you know an astronaut is trying to kill you is she keeps stabbing you with a pen that writes upside down. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: that was very crazy story, um, Astronauts and Diapers. I don't know. It's just very Moms How do you yeah. I loved it. It was a great, great, How do you great episode for us. So actually, if you really liked this case and thought it was interesting and just want more, there is going to be a movie made about this case yeah, starring Natalie Portman. And um, Melissa said she believes it comes out next year. If that's wrong, blame her, not me. <laughs> um, and it's going to be called Pale Blue Dot. Right. And um, it's going to be about this story. So yeah. look for that movie. Like I said, Natalie Portman. I love Natalie Portman. She's great in everything. Yeah. I saw a
0: picture of her, and her hair is not quite capturing the Lisa Nowak yeah. big baby's <laughs> hair for some reason. So I'll be interested to see um, see that for sure. Awesome.
1: So this week for Last Thing Before We Go, we pulled one from the good old World Wide Web. um, (laughs) Thank you, Al Gore. Yeah. And so we um, are going to talk about situations that we wish we could throw down a smoke bomb and just disappear. So Melissa, (laughs) what situations have you wishing you could throw down a smoke bomb and disappear? Oh, there's probably
0: too many to count. Sometimes I have a habit, a lot of times, where I start a joke and Maybe it's not the right audience for it. And and then you can't get out I of it. I can't get out yeah. of it. And then I do this thing where my voice gets quieter and it gets faster. And like, even if they would have liked the joke, now they won't even hear it. So <laughs> smoke bomb would be great for that. Um, what about you? I mean, I'm just thinking of situations
1: more. where like – you know, you're in the grocery store and your kid starts having an epic meltdown. That's never happened to me once. Yeah. (laughs) And and you just literally wish you could just crawl inside of yourself and just not even be there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So things like that, I would say, yeah, any situation where my children are losing their minds, even if I'm just at home, I want to disappear, (sighs) throw down a smoke bomb. (laughs) Oh, what about this? This happened to me one time and
0: it was so terrible. And I finally told this person that I did this. Uh, have you ever run into somebody and they know who you are, but you don't know who they are? Oh, that's the or you're, worst. Or you're not sure and they know your name and they're talking to you and you're like, oh, dear in the headlights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're disagreeing. I did that to my husband's aunt a long time ago. Like, I saw her in the grocery store. We hadn't been dating that long, but she was, like, talking to me and hugging me. And you know, that's already tough enough for me. Right. <laughs> I was like, this person's going to full-on kidnap me because I feel bad and don't want to be like, I don't know who you are. I'm so sorry. So, yeah, that that situation – on King of Queens, I don't. Know if I actually have another much.
1: example of one that I just thought of that happened to me recently. Um, this is only like a couple nights ago, but I had been running um, errands and everything early in the day, and I, you know, that was fine. But then when I got home, I realized that I I needed to like update my payment information on Amazon. So I took my wallet out and um, I just did that really quick, and then I was like, okay, kids, we actually got to go back out to the store and get a couple things um, for dinner tonight. So I go to the store, and I'm, like, trying to beat this, like, rainstorm, and I get there, I have a cart full of stuff, I go to the self-checkout, I ring it all in, I reach into my purse, I realize my wallet's not in there. Oh, yeah. And the guy is, like, staring at me, like, the guy that, like, runs a little self-checkout thing, like, he's looking at me, like, you know, what are you gonna do, lady? Like... (laughs) Run! I'm gonna run. I have, like, all this stuff. And so I, like... I just said, I was like, sorry, I don't have my wallet with me. You know, like I have to go like, what you know, I have to go home. I can get my wallet. And then um, he was like, well, I'll put it to the side and you can come back. And I was like, okay, great. You never came back. No, Mm -mm. I I ran out of there as fast as I could. I could just feel everyone's eyes burning into into me while I was leaving. And um, I might never go to that store again.
0: (laughs) No, I don't blame you. I don't think I would go back.
1: That and this is a
0: little bit different. But if I ever have to ask people for help with something like that, I don't know or and I have to explain the situation, I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I'm saying. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh my gosh, calm down. So I would love to smoke bomb myself out of there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like mean, a to lot smoke of smoke bomb myself out of here right now, Melissa. <laughs> Let's be done then. <laughs> Thanks, Bandy. <laughs> so this week, August 21st, is one of the last weeks before we go back to weekly. So Yay. you have this episode, then we'll be back in September, and we'll go back to weekly. So Yay. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear the full version of A Partner in Crime if you haven't heard it yet, or if you just want to jam out to it again because it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye. I've
2: been friends for a few years since that first playgroup date. You love your chickens I Run around your zoo all day Drink my Diet Coke when my sweaters No matter how hard it is But hey You stand by me anyway Yeah, yeah We're both just doing The best we can Solving mysteries In between the lines nowhere but it's no waste of time because anytime we're together I smile right up to my eyes I love my reality shows you your rabbit holes of conspiracies in our lives but we still get Hate musk flavor, lifesavers on our tongue and our families that mean everything to us. We're both just doing the best we can.